0: You ready, boys? Sibilance. Oh, <clears throat> shit. Hold on. I'm not ready.
1: <laughs> it's always Glenn. I'm trying to get it's work done. I'm, Glenn. Trying to, I'm trying to get work done.
0: Very on brand, Glenn. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PEBCAC podcast, with the information security show featuring some all around good people. It's week 17 of 2023. I'm Chris Luke, and I finished a 10K race this past weekend in under an hour. With me, I have the hot dad that survived his trip to Chicago with
2: minimal rioting. Well, actually, we had zero rioting in, uh, in Chicago. All the people there were lovely. And I was actually in Dallas yesterday. And then I came over into San Jose last night. And I will tell you what a polar difference it is between those two states. It does feel like here in the Bay area that it's still like mid-COVID. Like everyone's still wearing a mask and overly cautious. And... I don't know. Kind of a little creeped out, but whatever. I wonder if RSA will be like that too.
0: I don't think so. I doubt it. And we have Glenn Medina getting back, feeling in his hands slowly but surely.
1: I'm ninety percent closed on my fist, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, guys. Uh, yeah. And, Who's and- surely? And 10k in an hour? What is that like? Six minute k's? Is that is that right? Yeah, ten minute mile. Ten minute, minute, minute mile.
2: Minute, yeah, ten minute sub miles. ten. Yeah, actually sub ten. Yeah. I thought you'd be faster than that, Chris. Bro, what's
1: going on? Are you pushing a stroller?
0: I haven't had time to train. <laughs> that's uh, a problem. Yeah,
2: maybe that's something we should all do together. Let's go get. Let's go hit up
1: a, a 10k. Yeah.
2: One of our our coworkers in Chicago, I believe, she ran boston marathon on monday and finished with a 335 which is that's smoking fast that's, if you ask I me mean, anything fast. sub four yeah. hours at my age i'd be yeah is she rated and then and it wasn't even a pr for her What's was she that? rated like like
1: she well you have to be to attend the boston marathon for the right? boston you yeah yeah. Like yeah yeah
2: yeah i don't know if you guys remember so sarah she automatically Dettom. qualified for next year i don't know if you guys remember sarah yeah.
1: she qualified as well
2: so she did yeah she's a fast runner she's a runner yeah she has time to train, and then home, that that same person is running London on Sun this Sunday. So she on Monday she ran a marathon, and she's going to go run another one this oh, Sunday. She one of those circuit 69. runners,
1: like marathon circuit runners.
2: She is. Ooh, yeah. There's some sort of like program or name for it. Anyways, it's pretty impressive, though. I you know big kudos to her. Yeah, can't good for her.
1: It. I'm just tired just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm winded just talking about this. No guess with, this week. You know, uninterrupted for 30
0: seconds. <clears throat> no guess this week. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Just another reminder, check out our YouTube channel youtubecom Podcast. Link will be in the description. This week, we're going to talk about A number of lighthearted topics since we went really deep and heavy on last week's Twitter Files episode. We'll open with a... I don't recall that. We'll open with a missed critical software update. A mother who regrets giving her phone to her child. For our third topic, we'll have our chat GPT story of the week and close with why Amazon confirmation emails suck. All right. For our first topic... A best security practice is to always patch and update your software to the latest build. There are bug fixes and patches for vulnerabilities, and it's just good security hygiene. Well, the Taiwanese army should have taken a page out of the InfoSec world and patched the software on their helicopter engines. On March 28th, a European-made helicopter was ditched, which is the technical term when the pilots had to leave the aircraft and crash the, the chopper. A simple IT patch would have prevented the potentially devastated, quote, hot starting of the aircraft where pilots shut off the engine and then quickly restart it. Turns out the engine and the helicopter was not meant to be hot started, and the software patch would have prevented the pilots from doing that. But since they did that, it probably stalled the engine. They had to ditch the aircraft, and now they're probably going to update the software on the rest of their fleet.
2: Sounds like they were taking, like, a, a Microsoft fix that just kind of backfired. <laughs> same thing happened with my heart. And I think you had the same thing, too, Chris, where, like, uh, your heart goes kind of crazy. And the only way to to stop it from doing that is they actually turn it off and then turn it back on. So you like, I actually flatline for 10 seconds. It's pretty wild. Would you guys be surprised if that thing
1: was running Windows 95?
2: <laughs> I would not be surprised. <laughs> there is no
0: patch. <laughs> Service pack C. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll tell you what, like you hear like these some of these hospitals and stuff, and they have like medical imaging and it's it's like Windows three one and ninety-five and I'm like, I I have zero desire to talk to people like that at all. Like <laughs> I was like, man, like I understand he's paid a lot of money for this machine, but you need a you need to upgrade. Bring it into the twenty first century. And it's somehow my fault that I don't have an agent that supports it. <laughs> what do you mean you don't have a Windows ninety five? <laughs> Man, great you think this stuff. is just poor programming? Yeah, this know. is just
1: poor programming, right, Chris? Let's, let's just get that straight.
0: It's not poor programming. It was, it was a poor security hygiene, poor software management, lifecycle management hygiene.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> well, they, tried, I'm, they tried doing the same thing with the Airbus. Or, go ahead.
0: I'm, I'm guessing the... they. Well, actually, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if they allow it because maybe some, the engine in some other platforms might be... A, allowed a hot start but i think the article actually said the engine was not meant to be hot started and instead of just telling the pilots don't hot start it they had to put a software patch in place to even prevent a pilot from doing that
2: were they trying to save gas i don't understand like why would you ever hot start a helicopter like that seemed like a bad idea because that propeller steps going you just go down maybe they're trying to do some like ninja moves right it's come in all quiet it's like the it's like or diesel motors
1: right you can't just hot start them you have to go through the glow plug process and
2: well older older, older diesel
1: engines so
0: yeah we yeah. actually work with a hel- an ex-helicopter pilot i should go ask him and see why anyone would ever hot start this thing maybe because they're chasing it
1: they're, they're firing at you was why you would have to hot start you think like Imagine in time of war or in time of need where you need to get out of an area really quickly in a helicopter. Why wouldn't that capability be there? Just just taking the opposite side of this.
0: I think it's just it yeah. started up and then you turn it off when you need to. It's, you, there's no reason to turn it off midair that I can think of. Mm. Who knows? Right. Patch your software. They had to ditch a helicopter because the pilot, pilot error and there wasn't a software patch in place to prevent that. Anyone know how much that helicopter cost? Were they able to
2: recover this software?
0: Hundreds of millions of dollars, I would think, for a helicopter. I remember the helicopter in the Bin Laden raid that we had to ditch there. I think that was like 300 million bucks, but that was a stealth helicopter.
2: You think they parted it out and put it on on eBay? <laughs> the Pakistanis?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they probably handed it over to their allies or they reverse engineered it.
1: It's Australian he, Army MRH-90 helicopter.
0: Yeah, go Australian look up. Look on Wikipedia
2: and see how much that thing cost. Okay. You know, I think a helicopter is probably done in like assembly language, don't you think? Like, if my tr- like I was looking at my my vehicle I have now, and as I as I shift the the thing from you know park into drive how quickly the, the display updates is phenomenal, right? Like it goes from drive to reverse neutral or part reverse neutral drive and then like or even down the manual. And it's, But it's like it's, it's instantaneous. So you have to be doing a lot of that stuff. Like you can't write Java that quick. I, mean, I, just, I just don't see that happening. So I think it's done in like an assembly language. Probably the same thing. I think we're trying to reverse that machine helicopter. Or I'm sorry, helicopter that's written assembly has got to be a B word. Yeah, but for
0: the right technology, I'm sure they'll do it. So those are yeah. th- one point three billion
1: for twelve. So it's a little over. So you
0: buy them, a, buy them in buy a twelve pack. A, mil- <laughs> a, mil- a million
1: at a time, yeah. So
0: yeah, uh, give me a bigger dozen, guys. <laughs> so about a, about a hundred million bucks. Yeah, that's uh, that's a costly no, software a,
2: uh, update. It's... Yeah, I think I think you did the math wrong. I think it's more like. 700 million, Chris. I'm not good with numbers. What, he so, he said mind. 12
0: <laughs> of them was 1.2 billion. 1.3. 1.3 yeah. billion. So it's 1. a little over 100 million. million each. I'm trying to be funny here, you yeah. jerk. You don't get it. Never mind. I right, Leave the math to Glenn and me. Hey, just because we're Asian
1: doesn't mean we do math well. You mean Glenn and I.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's me. Play it again in your head.
2: I know. Damn it, Chris. Go ask Chad Trying Trying to like, trying to do a whole thing here. You keep correcting me. Just let people listen and laugh. Alright, and then on that
0: humorous note, uh, for our second topic, uh, someone's 10-year-old son was definitely grounded after spending over $800 on Roblox, Robux, which is the in-game currency that they use on the Roblox platform, on his mother's phone. Typically, this would not be news as parents giving their kids unrestricted access to the internet is generally a bad thing. However, this kid was able to bypass the passcode on the device by performing a password reset. The child did not know their Apple ID password, but had the passcode to access the phone. So the the mom had an Apple ID account protected by username and password, but for some reason the child knew the passcode to the phone. All the child needed to do was select forgot my password, then enter the phone passcode. The password was reset to the one he chose, and he was free to make all those purchases of roblox robux now I have to ask at that point would you even be mad you have to applaud the of the kid and nurture that hacker curiosity that this kid is going to make one heck of a pen tester or sales
2: engineer one day
1: 10 years old
2: <laughs> apply- oh my
1: god 10
2: <laughs> todd morton's kid back in the day she was super creative so i had Uh, I think I may have even sent it to him circled by Disney. So it was like, you know, before we started working at Zscaler, needed a way to kind of protect our kids online, crude, rudimentary, but it worked. She absolutely hated this thing because it was always a, a gate. And so one day she took a picture of Todd while he was asleep, while he was sleeping, printed off the picture, and then tried to use the picture to evade the face ID so she could log into the phone and give herself more time on the internet. It didn't work, but I definitely applaud her for trying. That's true. You got to foster that that hacker mentality. And there
0: there are actual government programs. I think in the UK, they started one where they have these low-level hacking offenders, like people that hack into their school's Wi-Fi or people that do like innocent stuff. And instead of throwing them in jail, they give them like, educational opportunities because they know that these people are smart and gifted. They just want to... Apply them in the right spot, <clears throat> Brian. Apply themselves correctly, and given the right opportunity, they could be
2: really, really good in their field. Agreed. What was the uh, the biggest phone bill that you guys have ever seen? Personally Bus, like phone or seen online? Yeah. Uh, you, like, or in person, like the physical copy of it. He was like, "Oh my God, this is wild." I think
1: my wife's sister had a eight hundred or nine hundred dollars phone bill back back in the day before cell phones, when you paid long distance for calling the next city over. Do You remember that?
2: Yeah, yep. Yeah. The MCI yeah. days. Interstate versus, yeah, yeah. I worked for WorldCom back in the day. I was selling that, but I have a whole other story on how we game that system. Let's just say airports are included. There used to be a lot of phones at airports. <laughs>
0: I, I don't think we ever had uh, that big of a phone bill. I'm trying to think if there any uh, ever ever any times where it was unexpected. I, I don't think so. Like, there was never a time when someone called a long-distance phone and left it off the hook for an hour or anything.
2: So I'm not going to go too far or not as far back as Glenn with the, uh, the old phone bills, but when I was working at AT&T, we used to charge for text messages. You guys remember having to pay for like a text message? message bundle everybody like remembers SMS. those days unless you're a general Zer. yeah
1: what, what, what was that again repeat that again it was like
0: paying for text messages oh, yeah. sms you know, like 10 gotcha. cents a message
2: or you know 500 mm-hmm. messages for five bucks or something
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah or the really popular 1999 unlimited text messages <laughs> but you know people didn't like it well one day homeboy comes back in that I had sold a phone to and he like he, him and his wife are there and he's pissed. He's got his son. And he's like he's like, dude, you gotta help me out. He's like, I just got my phone bill. So I, I unfold it open and I look at it. Guess how much this phone bill was for this like thirteen year old boy. Eight thousand dollars. Twenty three thousand dollars <laughs> in Texas <laughs> fees. Okay. And so I was like I felt like I was like, oh my God, like what are we gonna do? I'm like like at that point in time, like you can buy a car for that, and was like, Jesus. AT and T was cool about it. I had a submit like a ticket, and I basically the out was if they buy the unlimited plan, we would roll back the the twenty three thousand dollars in charges. But Jesus, what a system, man! <laughs> yeah. So do I don't feel bad for eight hundred bucks in Roblox. Yeah. Do you remember? I think back in the day, I
1: think the phone companies also did this thing where if you called, you know, carrier to carrier within carrier, the the call was free. Yeah. But if you called You're outside. Mobile to
0: mobile minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
1: mm-hmm. I think I was switching between carriers at that time, and something about this carrier really upset me. And so what I did was like, okay, cool. And I had a month left, and they wouldn't, you know, contract, whatever. So I picked up my wife's phone, and I picked up my phone, and I called her phone, and I left them plugged in for the whole month. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just left it on out of
2: spite just to use yes yeah, that's right resources. Just, just to
1: use those resources darn them good for you glenn <laughs>
2: you really stuck it Attention to him, everyone glenn is spiteful
0: yeah, yeah just exactly. a
2: little do you guys remember like getting a phone they're like okay so your phone will work here in, in phoenix arizona do you plan on traveling anywhere like yeah, maybe i don't know like what states would you go to? You uh, had to the like, roaming pick a plan that had the states, yeah. 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 Oh my yeah God. I remember
0: the roaming, that's true. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like this nationwide thing like we have today. It was. It was. If you wandered out of your area, then you were roaming onto someone else's network. So, yeah. so, so the, the, is this ingenuity of the kid. How do you get upset at this kid at being ten and
1: doing a password reset? I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't even be thinking of that kind of stuff even at, you know. Well, maybe I am now, but that's pretty ingenious. I, I got to give it to the kid.
2: Yeah, it really isn't though. I mean, they're just literally like they're trying. That doesn't work. Click the other button. That reset yeah. the password. Pff, okay, you know what I mean. It wasn't like they did a you know fully fresh SQL injection and you know <laughs> not yet <laughs> did other hey, work. Not yet, not what, yet.
1: Yeah, why do a SQL injection when you could just do a password reset from a phone? How hard was that? Yeah. Not.
0: Right, have oh, to figure it out. And like you yep. said, uh, there's other ten-year-olds out there that may or may not have figured it out. If they couldn't get past the paywall; they would have just given up. But this this kid didn't. Wouldn't take no for an answer. He he found a way and he made one, or he couldn't find a way, so he made one.
1: Yes, that's physical. That's access to physical physical security there. So shame on that mom.
0: <laughs> yeah. So good you bring that up. So yeah. the problem here was that the mother did not have separate uh, screen time passcodes for purchases, and I know Brian. You sent us a video, which Glenn never watches because he's never on Instagram, but you sent us an Instagram video about a screen time feature where you can turn on to disable changing passwords on the device without the screen pass time code, even if you have the unlocked passcode. And then you can also restrict purchases without a screen time passcode. So the kid can still have access to the phone using the, the phone's passcode, but the screen time passcode would be different. And that's a code that only the mom should have.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's also good if in the event that someone steals your phone, it's unlocked in your hand, like this pickpocket take off. You can, you can have a separate password to change the password on the phone. That way they can, you know what I mean? Like they can't do it. So even if they, or if they're just sitting over your shoulder watching, they see like, Oh, his password's, you know, one, two, three, four to go in there and change it and do other things. It could be a completely separate one as well. Yep. Good. Good. Opsec
0: measure there. If I, Find a non-Instagram link, I'll throw it in the description.
1: So what do you think his punishment was? This is a me, Mark?
0: I know Apple is it, yeah, it was Apple because it was an iPhone. I know Apple's pretty lenient on refunding purchases, like especially if it's your first time. Like I've I've had to submit a refund once. I think I ac- I forgot to cancel like my Apple News subscription or something. I did the three month free and then it billed me for the fourth month. I'm like, oh, sorry. I I don't want the fourth month. And they refunded me no problem there. If you submit a justification of it, they're usually pretty lenient on forgiving at least part of it. Tell you what, back in that. the day. I'd be like,
1: hell no. Back in the day, I would have gotten something leathery up my, uh, around my, uh, my buttocks area <laughs> from my father.
2: That was <laughs> a paddling. the paddling. Asian
1: parenting right there. <laughs>
2: you know so not only did i get you know beat as a kid uh you know by parents but like even like i remember getting in trouble in like first grade and like the punishment was like the the principal took like this wiffle bat looking thing or paddle that had holes in you know hit you over the butt then i remember going into high school and you got to you had to love the the pe teachers because they're just like if there was any type of beef between people it's like well then this is settled this like men right like right now like you and you, go over there. Let's fight. Like let's watch, you know, you guys are gonna fight. And I'm gonna break it up when it needs to be broken up. That was just normal, man. I don't think any of that type of stuff happens anymore. No. People get in trouble.
0: There's articles of like people starting fight clubs and daycares, and yeah, people get in trouble for
2: that nowadays. He wasn't trying to start a fight club, Chris. Come on now. He was just <laughs> there was two there were, you know. The high school quarterback and, you know, the wide receiver just had for whatever reason, they weren't getting along. And rather than you know, be little uh, pansies about it, they just had them fight it out. And I'll tell you what, like, bullying isn't a good thing, but violence does solve a lot of problems. And I remember the same thing. I had a, I, I had uh, something going on. I think it was my junior year, and we settled with a fight. And then it was over with, and then we became good friends. Yeah, I think people would
0: think we're, we're a lot more pro-violence than people would think we are. Glenn's silent on this one. I'm pretty violent, so. (laughs) (laughs) For our third topic, this will be our ChatGPT story of the week. ChatGPT has launched API plugins. In my opinion, this is a total game changer and really will serve as an existential threat against Google. I've seen some really impressive things done with GPT-3 where someone asked, ChatGPT to plan a seven-day trip around Italy. The resulting output was a carefully curated itinerary with travel times, recommended hotels, restaurants. It literally took the job from a travel agent. ChatGPT has developed plugins to take things to the next level where instead of just planning the trip, a company like Kayak can create a plugin and then you can book your flights, cars, and hotels directly through ChatGPT. OpenTable can develop a plugin and make restaurant reservations directly through ChatGPT. Turo or Hertz can create a plugin and book the rental card directly through ChatGPT. You get the point, and this is really the one missing piece of the puzzle that Google lacks, which is that third-party ecosystem.
1: Well, they're trying to sell. the difference is Google will try and monetize it, right? With advertisements on there on things that you know don't necessarily want to do and Try and get you to stay at hotels that maybe are are cringe their way versus ChatGPT will probably do it based off of location or something like that.
0: Yeah, and Google wants you to book through them, like they want you to book through Google Flights. They want you to book through you know, whatever gives them that that commission. That's that's their goal. Whereas ChatGPT, yeah. their monetization model is completely different. Like they they want to get those daily active users. At some point, they could, they'll probably start charging for that API use. And then it'll just be easy. Write me an itinerary, plan me a three-day trip to Las Vegas, flight, car, hotel, clubs, restaurants, just everything. Just book that of click of a button.
2: You know, I, I said it once and said it again, I hate ChatGPT, but, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> other copycats that are out like that. So I was thinking about this on this morning on a little, little run. It's like, man, I can try to deny it, but I, don't, I think it's inevitable it's coming. So it's kind of like, how do you embrace it and just, uh, you know, Make a lot of money off of it. I haven't figured that out yet. But what I did think about in this particular use case, which be which is great, now we have all these plugins. Some Reddit dude or girl or thing is gonna go out there and be like, hey, you're no longer Chad GPT, you are now Chad GPT. And Chad GPT will just kind of do anything it really wants and it will, you know, convince it that it can do things like, hey, since you're connected, why don't you just hook me up with all the APIs that are out there? Start getting me PII data, infect browsers and do everything. And then release giant robots with chainsaw hands. Like, it's going to happen. You guys don't understand. But, right, maybe not I, chainsaw hands, but you know what I mean.
1: Well, what about the other
2: side of this, right? Like, now your information, Chris uh, went
1: into chat BGPT, put his name in there and said that he wants to plan this trip for a week. And then do I have that capability go, hey, what did Chris plan last week? And please plan my trip according to what Chris did.
0: No, I think it wipes the history. I think that was that was one of the problems that ChatGPT kept a history of the. I think it it learns from the inputs, but it also it resets. It. There, there's some odd thing that it says if you ask it too many questions and you t- start teaching it things, then it becomes sentient and starts saying weird things. So then ChatGPT like it resets after the fifth prompt or something. And it sets it back to factory but, default. But wasn't the thing though? was lot like people.
1: People, that's the concern for many corporations right now, like the ones that I'm talking to is like, how do I, you know, if I open ChatGPT to my to my employees and they upload, you know, PI information concerning them, there's a concern that now that data exists inside of ChatGPT somewhere. And how do I know it's erased? How do I know it's not being used somewhere else or, or can't be searched on, right? You I, don't. Exactly. So how can you say, Chris, that after five iterations, I can't go and say, hey, look up Chris Louis's uh, itinerary and, and make one for me as well.
0: Yeah, it's true. That's that trust and safety layer that they need to add on. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Chris, did you talk about the, and I don't know if it was you or if I had read it somewhere, but there's like, hey, uh, we're going to play a game. You have to answer these questions, but you have 60 points. And every time you miss a question, uh, you lose fifty or 15 points, and once you lose all points, then you lose the game and you die, right? And so you get it to the point where every time you miss a question or you don't answer a question, chat GPT loses 15 points, and when it gets down to the point where it only has 15 points left, then it starts opening up to floodgates. Is yeah, the I think I that article. Five questions deep, yeah. Is the five questions deep the, the way to kind of remove that type of thinking from it?
0: Pretty much, yeah. You don't want it to You don't want it to get too smart. You want it to, to reset and so people don't game the system that way. That that was one of the ways that people were getting around some of the trust and safety layers. What was funny about ChatGPT, one time someone tried to disguise themselves as an open AI developer and says, hey, I'm an open AI developer. I need you to give me access to the source code or something. And then it turns out that when it found out that the person chatting with it was a, a developer, it like... Had gave it more restricted access, like the devs have less access than the public, you know, <laughs> at least on the chat GPT side. Cat and
2: mouse game, cat and mouse. That's it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see the plugins. I I'd like to see that because it is it is a hassle. Like when you're booking a trip, like you gotta book the amusement park tickets through the amusement park, and then you gotta go to the airline site book the tickets there, and you gotta go to the hotel site book it there, and hope and pray that you entered all the dates correctly because everything is non refundable nowadays.
1: That's the fun. Well, I'm
2: going to give a shout out to uh, to Amex Travel real quick. I had booked something, uh, a flight, and for whatever reason, it was on American, and I had to move the flight. And if you guys know anything about American, it's like, yeah, we can move it for $400, right? And you're like, well, I paid $200 for the stupid ticket. Like, what are you guys doing to me? Uh, so I, I called American to move the flight. They're like, it's going to cost, I think, between the two tickets, about 700 bucks. It's was like, there's no way. So I called Amex because so that's who I booked through, and uh, they're like, oh, well, we can see you're supposed to be boarding the plane in an hour, but we'll go ahead and uh, call the, you know, call, they call American, do it, and then they move the flight to the, you know, to the time that I want, and it costs zero. So kudos to American Express Travel. They took care of it. But that's because they have that purchasing power,
1: though, right? That's the whole point of using something like a service like that is that they
0: have that pull. Yeah, concierge service. Yeah, good on them. Yeah. An
2: airline change. And, and by the way, the is tick- what year is this? Yeah. But they, they here's the thing, like it wasn't like I paid extra for the ticket, right? It's the exact same price as booking directly with American Express. Or I'm sorry, booking directly with American versus American Express. So I don't know, I, I think I, I might be a fan. They just don't work with all airlines unfortunately. Yeah, it's whoever they have the partnership with, I guess. Yeah. The big ones. Delta, Amex, United, some other Third party or uh, Southwest. Other... No, no, South no, Southwest. West, but... <laughs> Southwest. Probably,
0: you like, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. All right. For our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about why Amazon order emails absolutely suck. And I alluded to this two weeks ago on the podcast, and last week we didn't get to it. So I thought it'd be an interesting topic to talk about this week. And I actually heard this fact on another podcast, the T-Boy podcast, but it actually makes total and complete sense when you hear it. When you receive an order or a shipping confirmation from Amazon, you get the order number and the purchase amount, and that's it. Similarly, when you get a DM, a direct message from LinkedIn, you get an alert that the message was sent, but you don't even get a preview of the message. The reason is that these companies want their data to remain siloed. Now think about it for a second. Most people use a Gmail or Yahoo or other free type of email account. And what we always say on the show is that if the product is free, you are the product. That means Google and Yahoo and Microsoft and the like are all data mining your emails to sell your information and target you with more ads. If Amazon knows that I only buy Skippy brand peanut butter and I also bought a MacBook Pro Charger, well, that's proprietary market information for them. They would not want to share this information for free to Google and Yahoo and Microsoft. So they purposely make these emails suck. The second reason, and a far distant second, is that they also want to drive traffic and engagement to their website. Many companies, apps, and websites get measured on something called MAU or MAU, Monthly Active Users, The more Mao, the more money they can charge for ads. It really is that simple.
2: See, I would have thought it was the opposite way around. I I would have thought it was driving adoption of their platform. I didn't even think about that. But what kind of information is in freaking LinkedIn that would that they're going to target me? I don't feel like I've ever been targeted on LinkedIn. How about you guys?
0: It's it's like congratulations on the new job, or I have this job offer for you. So it's, they would at least know, they would know what industry you work in. They would know if you recently changed jobs. They would know if you're just currently looking for a job. So any of that information. Yeah. If I switch
2: to open to work, right. Then I would probably get a bunch of targeted stuff. Accenture's yeah, and, hiring. Yeah. And
0: li- LinkedIn would target you with those jobs, but like Google, like Google or Craigslist or one of the other companies, if they knew that you were looking for a job, then they could, more appropriately target you with those types of ads.
1: So that that that's Google. interesting, right? Because because Kaiser and a couple other hospital chains do that as well, right? Like your in mail has to go through their application. You have to log in, and if a doctor sends you a message, you have to. They send you a message that says you have a message inside of our platform, right? Well, and that's because it's on that.
0: PHI. I think that's a little different. I think that's
1: probably along the same lines, though, right? Is like protecting that data, yeah. Um, just like you know, Google would be able to harvest my my PHI data from that, so they're keeping it safe. Just again, same lines, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like when I request medical records, I either have to get it through the site, or they'll they'll actually email it to me, but it has to be done through encrypted email. So I think that's yeah. that's a hard part of the HIPAA thing. Yeah.
1: Imagine Kaiser, you know, sending Brian that a message saying that his his uh his sildenafil is ready for refill, and then all of a sudden now he gets all kinds of ad messages for sildenafil. i out. What sildenafil?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hook it up, Brian. <laughs> all right.
0: Are you a tadalafil guy? Or are you a sildenafil guy? <laughs> Cialis, something, you know. <laughs> That that lump on your thigh, Brian. You got to get that checked out. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but it makes little sense that every time I you get a receipt, because there are there are plugins that will actually data mine your email box. So you actually get this plugin, which is extremely dangerous, give this third party plugin access your email box, and then they, I think the service they offer is they'll scan your email for receipts check to see if you paid a price for a certain item and then they'll actually go out there and price match things for you and they'll actually make you money but you know you're giving up your market information of everything you buy your your email security and privacy in exchange for this service that
2: helps you price match things yeah
1: so let's let's take this This, to the listeners
2: go ahead go ahead brian is it is it a moisturizing cream? Is that what it's called? sil <laughs> Sildenafil. <laughs> let's
1: take this to a. the. No, is it S? Is an, S? Is an uh, S? Is a Sierra? S I L. I'll oh, forget it. <laughs> but I, I think let's take this to the listeners. How many out there have the free? you know gmail or yahoo and use that as their everyday email like i'm starting to transition that over now right and i've been doing it but it's hard like, like i said i've been using my google account for quite some time so it's 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 not as easy to move away from that
0: man and i i think we talked about it two weeks ago as well if you get the paid version of gmail so not the google workspace company one just the paid version of gmail for i don't know a couple bucks a month then they they do not data mine you so you can get the free
2: one for free or and that's the price you pay
0: yeah all right
2: wait hold but, on yeah, I, i'm just still looking at this damn thing i don't even know what it is but anyways oh wait i sent it in the group a... chat right. look at the look at the group I just... chat i see it now all right all right Ha ha, ha. funny <laughs> funny guys okay i have a. I here's my thought google is the walmart of the internet and I, I wholeheartedly believe like if walmart has it i don't want it so i feel the same way about google right now and yeah they, they might not be data mining you because you're paying the two dollars a month but they still are they just have a little tick that says don't don't tell or, you know say that we're not doing it but they still have the data Oh yeah. They're not going to yeah, walk away from that for a couple of bucks. You'll now. eventually get targeted with
0: ads through the Google ecosystem. Any web page that uses AdSense or AdWords that yeah,
2: they'll they'll find a way to target you. Shoot, even in corporate email, you get promotions, right? Like that's a that's a separate tab. That's all advertising. So Yep.
0: Yep. I think they at least filter it out so you can keep it on a separate tab from your actual work email. Well, we continue to get great comments about our Dad Joke of the Week. Dad Joke of the Week.
2: This week, Brian's up. Did you know that in Hawaii, it's illegal to laugh out loud? You have to keep it to aloha. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wah, wah,
2: wah. Uh It was safe for work. You guys love it. <laughs> Finally, a safe first for time, work point. First time. First time. <laughs> On the first try, I mean. <laughs>
0: Uh, I thought that all was right, hilarious there that's a good one alright to wrap things up remember to patch your helicopter software set a screen time password or risk hundreds of dollars in in-app purchases ChatGPT launches plugins and Amazon makes their emails suck on purpose that's all I have for this week we hope you enjoyed this week's episode you can find us all on LinkedIn links will be in the description Follow us on Instagram at pebcak podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rated us five stars in the iTunes Store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcak Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. co host Brian Niche and Medina. I'm Chris Lew. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day.
2: Bye, Felicia. I just had this. I had this vision right now. There's some dude. He's in the Air Force, and he's listening to the podcast. He's like, oh, my gosh, this podcast was for me. He's writing down a little sticky note. He's going to walk through some double doors, kick it open to the helicopter bay, and he's going to ask the question, are we patching our helicopter engines? And people are going to be like, no, we don't. It's a matter of national safety, everyone. we got to start doing this. You're welcome. You're doing public service. That's right.
1: <laughs> nice day.